Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. It's great to have you with us. Special Counsel Robert Herr concluding his investigation of the Joe Biden retention of classified documents as vice president. The corrupt special counsel concluded that Biden willfully kept shared classified memos with his ghostwriter and others, but her decided Biden shouldn't be charged. And why, you ask? Because the special counsel concluded that Biden's age and poor memory would create reasonable doubt for jurors. Think about that. This is the same man who's the leader of the free world, right? In the 345-page report, Herb wrote this, quote, It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him, by then a former president well into his 80s, of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. He continued, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. End quote. Wow. Biden, at the time of that interview, apparently did not know if he was currently the President of the United States or if he was still the Vice President. Think about what this means for the Commander-in-Chief. Scary. Biden reportedly was also unsure when his son Beau had died. This is all part of the special counsel's report, and Joe Biden is still in the White House, still apparently in charge, but we know better. He's obviously not running the country in this current condition. Are you kidding me? The White House wants us to believe this man is running the country? Clearly, Biden is just exactly the impaired puppet I've said he was for the past two years. 
The Marxist Dems are running this puppet, and through him, they're running the country. And just down the block at the Supreme Court, the High Court is hearing the case of Colorado, trying to keep President Trump off their ballot in 2024. The Marxist Dems in Colorado, citing the 14th Amendment, saying President Trump should be kept off the ballot for causing an insurrection. Are you kidding me? Once again, are you kidding me? But Justice Brett Kavanaugh was highly skeptical of that claim because Kavanaugh said President Trump was never charged, not once, with inciting an insurrection. Some of the rhetoric of your position, I don't think it is your position, but some of the rhetoric of your position seems to suggest unless the states can do this, no one can prevent insurrectionists from holding federal office. But obviously Congress has enacted statutes uh, including one still in effect, Section 2383 of Title 18 prohibits insurrection. It's a federal criminal statute. And if you're convicted of that, you are, it says, shall be disqualified from holding any office. And so there is a federal statute on the books, but um, President Trump has not been charged with that. So what, what are we to make of that? Two things, Your Honor. Section 2383 was initially enacted about six years before Section 3. It wasn't meant as implementing legislation uh, related to Section 3. And I would emphasize that by the time that Section 3 was ratified, most Confederates had already received criminal pardons. I guess the question is a little bit different, which is if the concern you have, which I understand, is that insurrectionists should not be able to hold federal office, there is a tool to ensure that that does not happen, namely federal prosecution of insurrectionists. Uh, And if convicted, Congress made clear you are automatically barred from holding a federal office. And Justice Clarence Thomas asked the Marxist attorney representing Colorado if he could give the court just one, one example of why President Trump should be blocked by the 14th Amendment. Uh, the, the concern was that the former Confederate states would continue being bad actors. And the effort was to prevent them from doing this. And you're saying that, well, this also authorized states to disqualify candidates. So what I'm asking you for, if you are right, what are the examples? Well, Your Honor, the examples are states excluded many candidates for state office, individuals holding state offices. We have a number of published cases of states. I understand that. I I understand the states controlling state uh, elections and state positions. What we are talking about here are national candidates. Uh, I understand. uh, You look at Foner or... Foot, Shelby Foot, or McPherson, they all talk about, of course, the conflict after the Civil War. And there were people who felt very strongly about uh, retaliating against the South, the radical Republicans. Uh, but they did not think about authorizing the South to disqualify national candidates. And that's the argument you're making. And what I would like to know is, you give, is uh, do you have any examples of this? 
Many of those historians have filed briefs in our support in this case, making the point that the, the, the idea of the 14th Amendment was that both states and the federal government would ensure rights, and that if states failed to do so, the federal government certainly would also step in. But I think the reason why there aren't examples of states doing this is an idiosyncratic one of the fact that elections worked differently back then. States have a background power under Article 2 and the 10th Amendment to run presidential elections. They didn't use that power to police ballot access until about the 1890s. And by the 1890s, everyone had received amnesty and these issues had become moot. And as expected, the Marxist Dem attorney couldn't name a thing. Not anyone, nary a soul. Now our guest today, great American and chairman of CPAC, Matt Schlapp. Matt, it is great to have you with us here. I know I want to ask you, first of all, we're coming up on CPAC in two weeks. What have you got planned for the country? Well, first of all, we're hoping you're going to join us. Uh, don't disappoint me. Uh, I think everybody uh, needs a good dose of Lou Dobbs uh, at CPAC. And uh, so I guess I should have a pregnant pause and see what your reaction to that is. I'll say certainly. I'm honored. Okay. To be That's a deal. You know, I think um, every CPAC is a little bit different, and I'm not such a brainchild to be able to, like, say exactly what's going to happen uh, well in advance. But serendipity or God's grace or whatever, you know, CPAC is occurring the very weekend of the South Carolina primary. So Donald Trump will come address the audience, get on his Trump right. Force One, head to South Carolina and have his what I think he kind of sticks a fork in it. It's over, man. I mean, he's got this nomination. At the same time, we're going to have a new RNC chair, which I think is a wonderful thing. The person who's most likely talked about being the successor is going to be at CPAC. We have a brand new Speaker of the House. We've had a lot of change. And then we have all these international people who are coming over, not because CPAC's gone global, but we're realizing these battles that we face in all these democracies are all the same. The Soros-funded globalist, WEF, World Economic Forum kind of crap has, you know, is, is knee deep in all these countries. And we're starting to work together to push back to win. You know, that's an interesting th point you, you make because um, Bolsonaro and Brazil is going through now post uh, yep. uh, <laughs> post election. He's going through everything that it looks uh, it looks like he's going to be going through everything that President Trump has gone through for the past eight years. Uh, and uh, and they're learning their lessons somewhere. And I have a feeling that a lot of the Marxist Dems are down there. They're consultants uh, telling the Brazilians how to handle it. The, the opposing party, obviously, uh, Malay and Argentina. Uh, yep. We're watching some really significant possible change. Um, so anyway, I'm excited, and I understand exactly what you're you're, you're saying. Uh, the 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 issue right now before the Supreme Court, uh, if I may, this is the idea that one state can take a president off the uh, off the ballot is is unthinkable. You don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to be uh, even a, a, an aficionado of political things, all things political. The, common sense says, how in the world could you give that power to any one state? Yeah. And of course, this is exactly what the communists are doing in Brazil with um, Bolsonaro is they're essentially taking him off the ballot, even though he's a wildly popular figure in the country. And you, you saw this, Lou, as you know, in totalitarian regimes not too long ago, 
But now you're seeing this in the United States of America. I always love the idea that the liberals tell us, you know, that they, they're kind of live and let live people. And it's nothing could be further from the truth. They're, they're lies. They're actually the fascists who want to control everything about our life, including, uh, you know, they tell us, well, you're 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 a threat to democracy. How could we be a threat to democracy? We never keep them, those crazy people off ballots, but they literally want to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. And just more specifically, the Constitution of America. You know, the U.S. Constitution is this most revered document around the world. People really understand it's got two amazing things. It lists our rights as individuals and it writes it down. It's written. Many countries, even democracies, don't have both of those things. And America was so unique because it was all about God's God-given rights to the individual, not to the government. And most other constitutions get that wrong. The idea that the left is trying to nullify every aspect of the Constitution is just ironic and it's tragic. And really, this should be a nine to nothing decision by the Supreme Court. This is a no-brainer. This has nothing to do with the Civil War. This has nothing to do with any crimes. It's 100% Joe Biden can only win if he can get Donald Trump off a couple more of these state ballots, especially any kind of purple or swing state. You know, you're talking about the, the should be a nine nothing vote. Uh, listening to it this morning at, at various points, uh, it, it it seems pretty clear that they're highly skeptical of the Colorado advocates uh, that they have a have a right to eliminate a, a, a president of the United States from the ballot in their in their pristine uh, People's Republic of uh, Colorado. I, I know the state has gone uh, blue, but uh, good Lord, what they're doing now. Yeah, it's outrageous. And Lou, the reason it went blue, I think this is very important. You have states like Washington, you have states like Colorado, they moved to nearly 100% mail-in ballots. And as soon as you do that, you lose the states. Even Utah's moved to 100% mail-in ballots. And Utah, uh, I would say the conservative cause has had some real setbacks there, especially in the guise of Mitt Romney and others. So like, you know, this idea about how we elect people in this bogus way that the left has grabbed onto results in takeovers in states, and then they do things like this. Colorado went from mail-in ballots to having basically no statewide elected Republicans to now taking these extraordinary steps of nullifying aspects of the U.S. Constitution. So when people tell you how we vote doesn't matter that much, they don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, to your point, a new report revealing that President Trump would have won in 26 of 29 mail-in ballot uh, fraud scenarios during the 2020 election if there had not been extended uh, mail-in balloting of all sorts in the guise of uh, accommodating the exigencies of a pandemic. Uh, I get that, but I don't get turning over the electoral system uh, to a bunch of, uh, uh, well, to... (laughs) <laughs> to a bunch of doctors who turned out to not know what they were talking That's about, right. uh, led by the great, and I use it facetiously, Dr. Fauci. Uh, it, it looks like we've learned our lesson, and we're going to learn more lessons, and uh, we're in a tutorial led by Matt Slap. Uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Lou Dobbs here. I'm delighted to let you all know that the program Lou Dobbs Tonight has returned to the air. 
That's right. Lou Dobbs Tonight is back. We're live each and every weeknight at 7 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Central on rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. That's rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. I hope you'll be joining us for Lou Dobbs tonight as our fight to save this country has only begun. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back now with uh, CPAC leader and uh, uh, dream maker and driver. Uh, Matt Slap, and it's a a great event, and uh, we urge you all to get familiar with it uh, and uh, where possible attend. Uh, Matt, Ronna McDaniel, we're going through a a peculiar moment here. She's resigning. The president said she's resigning and would announce it after South Carolina. She said, I think there's been some communication problem. She's not resigning. I say, I think she's resigning. But that's only because I want her out of there. Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think she was. It was ever a question of whether or not she was going to resign. I think it was a question of whether or not Donald Trump was finally in a position to assert new leadership of the RNC. Now, officially, the National Committee, of which you know I'm a former White House political director, I've had a lot of experience with that committee. They have to formalize it with a vote, but uh, that committee is for Donald Trump, and they're going to do what he wants. And I think. Donald Trump has gotten to the point, I don't want to put words in his mouth because he's plenty capable of saying what's on his mind, but I think he knows it's time for new leadership there. And so I do think it's interesting. Uh, It's never over till it's over, Lou. But uh, even if she were to stay on a little bit longer, she has to understand that uh, she's going bankrupt at the RNC because the, the donors across this country see the RNC as being complicit with swamp establishment Republicanism. And that's really not what 99% of the of the country wants or the Republican Party wants. Maybe the 1% that are my neighbors like it, but the rest of us don't. And we want this Republican National Committee to be innovative, to be entrepreneurial, to listen to people, to listen to voters, and normalize voter ID and normalize following the laws on voting and quit telling us that we're election deniers if we believe in voter ID. Right. And, and that's in our own party. Uh, then when the Democrats pick up the, the drum beat, it's re, you know, it becomes even more ridiculous and and uh, defeating, if I can put it that way. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, balloting and uh, how the election should go. Uh, the the idea that uh, 
we've seen great reform in Delaware. Julianne Moore, the head of the Republican Party there, her name has been mentioned as a uh, uh, as a possible replacement for Rana, uh, and also Watley in North Carolina. Uh, he, he, the president, I think, has actually made that uh, made that mention. That's more than a mention if he's going to mention it. Uh, what are your thinking? What's your thinking about who these people are? Is there one person you favor overall? Well, I actually think there'd be a lot of good choices. I will say on Watley, uh, Michael, I've known for a very long time, and he went to law school with Amy Coney Barrett. He's a real sharp lawyer, and he realized 216 going forward that the Democrats, their whole play was to normalize this idea that this idea that voter ID is racism. And uh, he immediately assembled the top lawyers around the state, and he did the same thing in 2020. We didn't have the shenanigans in North Carolina. We had in a lot of other swing states, and North Carolina is a swing state. Um, and then they turned around and elected a senator two years later. They have been all over, I think, something like 600 lawyers in that state. So if somebody like Michael Watley is selected, you can immediately tell the focus isn't on how many hits do I get on Fox News because none of us watch it anymore. Instead, it is how do I do the nuts and bolts, the blocking and tackling of politics to make sure they can't cheat and to make sure they can't use the race card to uh, change outcomes in elections. And North Carolina has successfully done that. Um, and I think that I, that's the kind of person I want to be the chair. Maybe Michael's one of many who could do that, but that's the kind of person we need. All right. And do you, do you know uh, uh, Julianne uh, Murray? I don't know her, but from what you tell me about her, I probably love her. Well, uh, we've got we've got some good ones, as you say. Yeah, uh, and it's going to be an interesting contest. I, I know that uh, Mike Lindell, who is all over electoral integrity, uh, is very keen on her. I don't know if he's good. endorsing her or, or, or promoting her, but uh, he has mentioned her. Uh, so at least there's some strong candidates uh, to replace what has been a weak performer uh, in Ronna McDaniel. Let, let's turn to this. I mean, this what's going on in Capitol Hill right now is unbelievable. Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell has just committed, I, I think, political political suicide. I don't see how he can remain in that post after putting forward what was a duplicitous and uh, uh, at the very least poorly represented uh, bipartisan border bill, which had nothing to do with the border in effect right. uh, and everything to do with Ukraine. No, that's exactly right. I mean, we, uh, Mercy and I just came back from the border down uh, in Nogales, Arizona. It was actually my first trip to the border. And it's a real eye opener when you haven't been there. And most Americans don't get to the border. And I just tell you, as one of those, I was shocked to see the big, beautiful Trump wall, which is uh, which protects us. And then you see that the bad guys have cut holes in that wall and that Joe Biden refuses to repair the holes in the wall and refuses to refuses to finish the wall. So even at a port of entry like in Nogales, where people uh, legally can go and make asylum claims just a few yards down the road, Lou. They just walk in and they're in America forever. They get a new phone. They get new clothes. They get a new bag of stuff. Um, they get travel money. And, you know, what was amazing is they were on our plane. When we flew back from Arizona to Washington, D.C., we watched. They got to cut in line at TSA. They got concierge service. They all were on airplanes. Boy, in my days, when you didn't have any money, you took a bus. But I guess the, the federal government's so rich, they can give them all nice airline tickets. 
Then when they got to Reagan Airport, they got concierge uh, service from American Airlines. They cut in front of the line. And I watched all the employees do everything they could to get them set up with cars and everything else. This is insane. And by the way, nothing Mitch McConnell and Senator Lankford worked out in this thing would have stopped any of that. Matter of fact, all the money that they were talking about to, to, to help with immigration wasn't going to close any portions of the border. It was going to facilitate and mainstream more of these illegal people getting into all, all these towns and cities all over America uh, and having more money in which to do it. So it was a, such a cynical ploy, and I think it has backfired on them to a massive amount. And they're blaming Trump for playing politics on this? Please. It's the senators who are playing politics on this, cynically thinking that we would be too stupid to know what the bill actually did. Yeah, and, um, and everybody was making certain that we knew what was in this bill because we knew it was a tough one. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're talking uh, about uh, <laughs> one of my favorite subjects, uh, you know, a cowardly Republican Party uh, leadership in Washington, D.C. We're going to see if that's going to improve or be a status quo for a while. We're talking with uh, with Matt Slap, and we're going to talk also about a new bill we hear is moving from the Senate. And be careful, folks, because we're told also it is about Ukraine. They're forgotten the border already. We'll be right back with Matt Slap. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with Matt Slap, and I want to just uh, say right away, we, we've just gotten word that the Senate is pushing out a new bill. It has nothing to do with the border now. They've dropped the issues, Matt, of uh, anything to do with immigration. They want 95, not 60, $95 billion worth of uh, support from the United States uh, without border provisions, uh, that uh, coming from uh, the White House, obviously, and the Marxist Dems who lead the Senate uh, and those in the in the House of Representatives. I mean, this is really arrogance at its, uh, in my opinion, at its most obvious. Your reaction? Well, you know, uh, I live in the swamp, Lou. Uh, it's, I guess, uh, an institutional hazard for what I, with what I do for a living. But I drove through my neighborhood the other day, and somebody had a Ukraine flag up and a SAR, uh, yard sign that said, immediate ceasefire in Gaza. Same house, two signs that say the opposite. All these people pushing for Ukraine aid never talk about a ceasefire. Prime Minister Orban and others have, have offered to negotiate a ceasefire. For whatever reason, the hardcore Ukraine uh, aid people 
seem to want to do everything they can to keep this war going forward. We asked this of our CPAC audience last year. 75% of them said, I don't want a penny going to Ukraine. This is a very controversial thing with Republicans. And for some reason, Senate leadership believes that this is a cause uh, similar to uh, the American Revolution with the rhetoric that they use. The American people just don't buy it, especially when Americans are hurting so much. We've never been presented with a plan on how uh, Ukraine could even win this conflict. And they cynically have to, you know, Lou, when something's popular, you don't have to try to hide it. You don't have to try to camouflage it. You just do it. In a democracy, you debate it and you say, hey, we think this is such an important thing. Let the American people decide if they're for this aid or not for this aid. But polls show they're not for this aid. And I think, once again, uh, the Senate is going to get stuffed um, uh, by, uh, by popular opinion. And I think it puts Mike Johnson, who I know has had different answers on this at different times with his one seat majority. But I think it, it's a, it'll be a real moment for, of truth for the Republicans in the House as well. Um, you know, we have real issues in this country. And I'm not, uh, I'm not someone that doesn't believe we don't have a role to play overseas. I just don't want to squander money and I don't want to do it, give it to a president who is the reason for the conflict existing. If Donald Trump had gotten the second term that he deserved, there would be no conflict in the Ukraine because Vladimir Putin had respect for Donald Trump. And he didn't he didn't get outside his box because he feared the power of America. And that's our biggest problem. We can spend billions of dollars in aid here and there and everywhere. But with Joe Biden as our president, and weakness being projected overseas is becomes very dangerous. There's not no amount of money that can stop what bad guys will do. And a lot of those bad guys are in this country. And one of them is Alejandro Mayorkas. And Mike Johnson, the new speaker, put the uh, vote forward, uh, lost the vote. Uh, by two votes. Yep. Uh, in point of fact, that was a procedural vote that if we remove that from the scheme, George Santos would have been the deciding vote. But, right. uh, but Speaker Johnson, early on the job, made a huge mistake when he went after him without due process. Mike Johnson, you said he reverses himself. Mike Johnson has reversed course once again. Uh, you may be aware, but this has just come in here to this desk. He won't be endorsing the man he said he would, which is Matt Rosendale in Montana for the U.S. Senate. Uh, it sounds like, again, our, our good friend, uh, Mitch McConnell, has worked his uh, will on the House and the Speaker. Yeah, I don't, you know, that's news to me too, Lou, and that's a, an important primary. And I would simply say this, my counsel, I'll, I'll say publicly what my private counsel is to the speaker, who has always had a very good CPAC rating and is, you know, uh, the first time we've actually had somebody who gets high scores in our rating system as the speaker. He's trying to navigate this one seat. You bring up George Santos. That was a colossal error to kick George Santos out of the House of Representatives. By the way, Democrats never kick out their own people, no matter what terrible stuff they've done. I mean, you have Senator Menendez. I don't know what it's going to take to get him out of the Senate, but I know one thing. Chuck Schumer's not going to have any part of trying to lose a vote in the United States Senate. They seem to get power better than we get it. And so, you know, I think the Mayorkas thing was a flap. I do have hope that they're going to be able to uh, bring that back to the floor and get this important thing done. Um, but, you know, my advice to the speaker is I get it. We have a lot of moderates in the conference. Some are from New York. Some are from California. And when you have a one seat majority, they can make up, but they can be a difference maker into whether we do something or not. You still got to bring this stuff to the floor, even if it fails. And you got to speak up for your constituents. He represents a very conservative 
populace in Louisiana. And I think people know he's got a, like a, almost an impossible job. Just do what it takes to make those constituents happy. Everyone understands it's a one seat majority. I think that majority will grow if people see them fight. It will shrink if people view the Republican Party as the constantly the white flag party. It'll shrink because a lot of people are saying, I give up. They just won't fight. Yeah, I agree with you 100 uh, <clears> percent. <throat> excuse me. The uh, th there's another Johnson reversal or real, I guess it, I'm not sure how to style this. It's an endorsement uh, of a candidate uh, who is opposing the Trump uh, candidate, the America First candidate, uh, J.R. Majewski uh, in in Ohio. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. He's making unforced error after unforced error, uh, and a little modesty here uh, would be in good, in good, or, or in good and helpful order for this speaker, until at least he has a, a sure path forward. Uh, let me ask you, as we are, are wrapping up here, uh, where do we go as a party if we do not see our senators, our our House? coalesce behind President Trump. Uh, there is still this resistance that exists within Capitol Hill and with the Republican conference, uh, whether it be in the Senate or the or, or the House. Um, it's about time some people grew up, isn't it, within the yeah. Republican Party? Yeah, I mean, uh, this has been a road I understand well since I live here and I've lost so many friendships over sticking with Donald Trump. I stuck with Donald Trump even on January 7th, and a lot of us did. And um, and we're all happy he's coming back because this country needs him and this city needs him. And for the Republicans who are still never Trump and still fighting it for the Nikki Haley crew, um, I don't know, you know, kind of if it's salvageable with that hardcore. And most of them are very wealthy, elite uh, fin uh, financiers of all of these efforts. And, you know, it's about 16 percent in polls that continue to be uncomfortable with Donald Trump. And I guess all I'll say is, is that maybe the elephant and the donkey can't really get it done. And I, I told my Republican friends that I'm a strong Republican. The elephant can only has so much of a wingspan. And the, the biggest part of this country, if you look at Gallup or any polling, it's conservatives. And now we have this marriage with MAGA and populists. And that's where the heart and soul of this is. And then you add the elephant and the Republicans onto it. And that makes it broader. I think we're going to get Donald Trump always gets a lot of Democrats. I think you'll get even more Democrats who love their country, love cops, love the military. And are, they don't want to, you know, spend $15 to, you know, buy fast food for their kid. It's just too expensive to exist and to fill up their car and everything else. So I really think we're not going to have 100 uh, percent support of Donald Trump in the Republican Party. But I think what's going to happen is you're going to have black voters, Hispanic voters, uh, non-traditional Republican voters flocking to Donald Trump because they like what the man stands for and what he did in office. Absolutely. He has a record. Uh, he has a record as well of keeping his promises, which makes him unique indeed. And uh, he is an absolute uh, he absolutely stands above everyone, uh, Democrat or Republican, who would uh, well, who would compete with him for the White House in 2024. Matt Slap, as always, great to have you with us. Uh, thanks so much and look forward to seeing you soon. Appreciate All right, it. Thank you, Lou. Thanks to Matt Slap. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Join us tomorrow for the Great America Saturday show. Our guests are investigative journalists Laura Loomer and former DOD employee Cash Patel. Talk about a firebrand duo of guests. And please join us for Lou Dobbs tonight, each and every weeknight, 
on Rumble, Twitter, Frank Speech at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. That's Lou Dobbs tonight on Rumble.com. Follow me on Twitter and True Social at Lou Dobbs on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. May God bless America.